there it is. What a good looking fella. Having the time of his life in the zone. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery, where we have the ultimate fan experience coming up. We'll tell you a little bit about that here in just a couple minutes. But today we are talking about uh, the best time of the year, in my opinion. You got the Super Bowl starting, and then right after that, you go into the home stretch of Avs, Nuggets. You got March Madness. If you're into golf, golf season starts up, I think, here pretty soon. You got all that stuff going. I think we're in the prime sweet spot of the calendar year, starting with this weekend with the Super Bowl. And to help break down the Colorado Avalanche and Denver Nuggets, who are both in the running for winning a championship this year, I've got a great panel of Colorado Avalanche experts and fans, starting with, of course, from DMVR Avalanche, Megan Angley. Thanks for joining. Hello, thank you for having me. It's it's both the best time of the year and also the worst like twenty four hours right, on the heels <laughs> of a really difficult period. Yeah. That's why I don't want recency bias to creep too much into the conversation. It the ads are the ultimate with that too. I feel right now because the broad recency biases they're the defending champs. They're great. Everything's great. And then the short recency biases like the worst forty eight hours tomato, or so. Tomato. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to all of that though. We'll talk about all of that. And then of course introducing in many ways our new head of production a colorado avalanche fan it is of course Alyssa marie yeah gosh crazy to be on the other side of this but uh i've been doing <laughs> a lot of buffs lately but i'm excited yeah. to get back and talk a little bit about the abs what a year it was last year and i feel like it's a yo-yo so far this season yeah. but we're gonna find our footing are the abs your number one team in colorado absolutely not even close there's no like it's not even like you go back and forth no, I mean, it was the Broncos, but they just had, you know, last season. I'm just, it it wasn't the best. And I don't know. I've just always been a hockey girl. My brother grew up playing it. Really? So I was at the rink with him all the time. Um, and then working for them, I just, I was watching it nonstop. And I just really got into it. And I loved understanding more and more of it instead yeah. of just kind of being a fan, like trying to get that in-depth knowledge and knowing things. So now that I'm here, I'm like, okay, I feel confident. I love it. I like watching it. Yeah. It's it's fun. I, the comment about the Broncos is interesting. We were talking before we went live. My love of football and the Broncos has really waned over the last like five six years. And I talked to a lot. I mean, Broncos uh, football is still king. You look at the ratings. Everybody loves football. But I do seem to talk to more and more people. Maybe it's a Denver specific thing where it's just like the Broncos have worn us out over the last five or six years. And you're like, you know what? Abs are fun. Nuggets are fun. Other things are fun right now. And that's where the attention goes. I want to start with the Colorado Avalanche. Um, they are in a weird spot right now because they surged into the all-star break with looking, in my opinion, looking really, really good. They had some, some marquee wins and you felt like, okay, the flip has, the switch has been flipped. <laughs> um, but a 5-0 loss last night felt like a pretty meaningful one. Was this the first game against Tampa Bay since the playoffs? Yes. So this was like a, was a hostile building. A long time coming. Why did they not play until right now? That's a, you, don't you usually match up to like I, I guess because of their position. Okay. Um out east. Okay. 
you just don't make it a marquee game. Is there a marquee day in NHL? Like this is when usually, like for the NBA, Christmas Day, Martin Luther King Day, they try to put the rivalries together. Is there this, an equivalent in the NHL? Not that I'm aware of. I know they try to do division matchups, but I don't even okay. think that they occur at the same time or same point in the seasons. Okay. Well, tell me from your perspective. So they were surging. They've lost two in a row, a heartbreaker in overtime to Pittsburgh, and then this 5-0, the 5-0 one, overtime, whatever, it happens. 5-0 to me is a little bit worried. What happened last night? I think that they allowed themselves to get a little caught up in the frustration of the moment of two goals against, in my opinion, mm. that came about in weird ways. Okay. And then they have this failed coaches challenge, which I don't mm. know that they were expecting to be successful for them. But I think it's in that moment that they, they started to feel frustration and the inability to get out of it. And it doesn't help that there's lingering frustrations from having lost Kel McCarr. I right. don't think that's the sole reason that this happens. But this is one of the healthiest lineups the Avs have been able to ice all season. And it's still a lineup without a Landeskog, a, right, Helm, right. a Josh Manson, who should be on the brink of returning soon. Even still, they they have a lot of offensive weapons, and to see them get shut out completely is very revealing, because we know that players like Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen are capable of scoring. They've been the ones to get it done when finishing has been a problem for them in the past, namely after that holiday break where they did struggle at first and then they strung together right before the All-Star game break seven of right. their last eight, which is impressive and it's good. Coming out of breaks, they have an iffy track record. You hope that mm. the momentum they had started to build before the All-Star game break would carry into this one, but I think they just let themselves get a little too caught up in the moment. Miko Rantanen taking a misconduct because he smashes his stick out of frustration is also very revealing. This is a player who wears his heart on his sleeves in the room and on the ice, and I just think they allowed themselves to get too frustrated, and Tampa Bay met them where they were at. They were hungry for this matchup after the hurt feelings of what had happened in the Stanley Cup the last right. time these teams saw right. each other. And Vasilevsky's an all-world goaltender yeah, for a reason. He right. performed to expectation, right. and it, it's just a, a combination of all of these things. Right. What did you see from the game last night, and do you feel – I mean, a shutout feels terrible. And, and to your point, Megan – when you play against a, a rival and you're frustrated and show frustration, I feel like that's the best thing <laughs> on the other side. You're like, oh, man, we're under their skin right now. What did you see? Um, I didn't get to watch the whole game, but okay. I went through. Uh, I looked at the highlights and then I listened to Bednar after. Uh -huh. And it just looked like we were just chasing all um. night there. I mean, that first goal, EJ is way too far back at the bottom of the play. And even Bednar said it, he's he's jumping up to cover and mm. then we're leaving Perry wide, wide open. Um, and I think they let Georgiev like out to dry, really, mm. at the end of the day. And then Vasilevsky stole it. So it was just, I don't know. And then everyone's, oh, this is the, the matchup, the post-Stanley Cup matchup. And uh, I think most athletes are so forgetful. So for me, and I think for them too, this was just another game. And I think they needed to string to they yeah. need to start stringing together some wins. I don't think it's the end of the day. I was watching your guys' post game show last night, and everyone in the comments was freaking out. Oh my gosh! Like <laughs> they need to win. This is awful. And I do think it's kind of not do or die, but it's that time of the season where 
you do need to start stringing together some wins. Yeah, that's what's so interesting about sports, modern day sports. And I think even in some ways augmented by what we do, you know, talking about games now in this communal way, everybody come in, comment section come in, is that we're reacting to things game by game because it's fun to and it's interesting to. But sometimes it's hard to parse out. We're talking about this game and it exists in a box versus this is a game that's symbolic of the bigger thing. And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, but it always feels like it is when you talk about them every day. Yep. But they're 0-2 since the All-Star break. It's a 5-all loss. They lost Kale McCarr to concussion, and we don't know when he'll be back. That could be a while. You've had all these injuries. Landeskog has been out. 32 games left. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're tied right now for the final spot in the playoffs. Is that right? Do you know? Or they're right there, right on the mark? They're, yeah, they're, they're at 58 points tied with Minnesota, third in the central. Okay. So to me, I feel like it's not wrong, actually, in this instance to say they actually, the runway is not that long. 32 games is still long enough. But if you're going to be a champion, like you need to get a little momentum. You, I think it's really hard to expect oh, we played well for 10 games. We played terrible for 70. Then we played well for 10. We're ready to go. I kind of feel like you need a little rhythm. Do you agree with that at all? Absolutely. I think that is why this team has some differences from last year's team. Last year's team was able to find ways to win throughout the course of the regular season. Right, that right. instilled trust in the fan base that even at the end of last year, they had already clinched the West. And so they were letting some games go at the end of last year. But fans had mostly confidence that this was a team that had demonstrated they had found ways to win. This is a team that's still figuring it out right now in present day. And a lot of it has been they haven't been able to make the in-game adjustments that they were able to last year because they're limited because they're missing very key players. And I'm not going to blame it squarely on injury. There's only a little bit of new personnel, but there is buy-in that happens within a team identity, even with those new faces and even with returning faces that they all need to get on board with that team buy-in. And I think they're working towards it. This is a group that you don't doubt the effort, you don't doubt the heart. And that's why momentum is important because it helps to build confidence. Right. You see it, honestly, in the way the players react to different losses. You could see the losses, they hang their heads a little less when they're starting to build right. confidence and there are positive takeaways because process-wise, they're doing the right. right things. This is still a group that has leaders like Miko Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon in that room and has for this season. And so it's a team, too, that has tools like a Devon Taves and Kale McCarr as a top pairing. That's really hard to get low on. And then Georgiev, despite a really difficult game last night because of the team in front of him, is entered a new system and has assumed the role of starting goaltender for the first time ever in his career after putting up career worse years. He was trending in a bad right. direction in New York. He comes here, has a pretty solid start to the season in spite of a lot of these pieces missing in front of him and team defense failing him in ways earlier parts of the season. There are a lot of positives to still derive and there are players coming back. Gabriel Landeskog is expected to come back. He should be back in Colorado any day now, and then he'll take to the ice. It'll take some time before we actually see him get in games, but nothing about that has changed yet. Josh Manson also should be due back any day. That bolsters the decor, and then it's a matter of building confidence within that forward group to remind them that this is a team with so many offensive weapons that they do know how to score. Finishing shouldn't be a problem for them, and sometimes they get in their heads just a little too much. They're, they're learning what they're made of right now, and they still have a little bit of runway left to do it, but not a lot. So you, the thing I thought was most interesting of what you said there was, you know, the team all working towards the same goal and how you hang your head less when there's a good process there. Because I feel like a championship team, they know what the right process is. 
and so you can win ugly or you can win the right way. Do you feel, and I'm just, I, I, some of this comes from me just DMing with AJ Hayfully. Do you feel like the team is pulling in the same direction right now? Are there guys pulling in a different direction? No, I do. Okay. I, I think that they are able to reset from bad games more than I'm even able to reset <laughs> yeah, watching so the bad games. There have been mm. two instances this season. So they're out of the holiday break. There's this horrible yeah. Chicago game. This was a You're game right. yep. that they expected to win. Yep. Media and fans really thought the team played poorly. Jared Bednar, process-wise, liked about 40 minutes of that game. He really didn't take huge issue with it. And... Nathan McKinnon, even in a different interview, because he was being asked, I want to say it was about the third period in the Anaheim game. And then later in the St. Louis game, he was asked about it, uh, like the third period in the St. Louis game. And he said something like, we've had a lot of good third periods too, but all you guys want to talk about are the bad ones. Right, right. And honestly, it's refreshing that you talk to someone like Andrew Cogliano, who is a really strong voice in the leadership group in that room. And he'll be frank with you when he thinks the team played an embarrassing okay. level of hockey. Or that it, you know, it just fell short, but they're they're not too beating themselves up too harshly. All that to say, because they're able to reset the way that they do, I I don't have an, any concern that they're not pulling the rope in the same direction. Alyssa, so you produce the altitude uh, post game shows for for a long time, yep. and when you do that, I mean, you're interviewing, you're seeing the interviews with Jared Bednar, you're seeing the interviews with the players. I imagine you pick up on some rhythms and some things because I loved your your thought, Megan, about. Sometimes a fan base feels out of control or like this is terrible and then the team will be a little more calm. I liken it to when you're like driving when you're in the passenger seat and somebody else is driving like on ice or something. You you feel like you're out of control. The driver's like, "No, I it, I'm fine." When you are watching, you know, Jared Bedman, I know you said you watched the, you know, some the commentary and stuff this last one. Do you feel just the team? Do you feel like they're a team that has Hey, we're in control. I know it doesn't look good, but we know we got it. Or do you see a team that maybe is is reaching a little? I think they're in control. Don't get me wrong. It's different from last year. I mean, well, I think everyone freaked out last year. We won the home opener against the Blackhawks. And oh, then yeah. We dropped those yep. four and people were panicking. And I, I felt different last year than I do this year. But overall, like the train isn't off the tracks right, like, by, right, right. by any means. Um, I think Bednar is very telling now listening to him for so many years that he gives away a lot of stuff that he's happy with, he's upset with. And so I think I did a little homework. Oh, so, yeah. I love it. Uh, last year in the 20 or yep, yeah, in the 2021 season, when we won the cup at this point, give and take a few days, we were 33 and 12. We're yeah. sitting 27 and 19. So we're not that. It feels off. further off. That's still a, a good gap, but it does feel further off to me. It does. And I think maybe we're playing a little catch up because, hey, this was the shortest uh, offseason in NHL right. history because of the little blips uh, here and there last season. But you're I don't want to like Megan said, I don't want to bring it back to injuries, but he shuffled. The lines are shuffled so often. Um, you've got guys coming and going. Natushkin's back. Then he's gone. Then McKinnon. So I just think finally when this team gets grounded and gets these bodies back and gets in a rhythm, watch out. Yeah. Because there is chemistry in, in right. these lines. So when it comes and Landeskog, I just, I think that's the, been the talk all season is when right. he comes back, like he knows what it takes. He's a gritty player. He's going to, he's going to bring these guys back. 
and a leader and all those things. When did you feel you knew last year, Alyssa, that this team had? Because they've been good for a while, but was there a moment where you're like, no, this is the year? Gosh, I think when they went on that, I was looking back and I swore it was in March last night, but it was in January when they went on that nine game win streak. Okay. And they were, the points were like, were out of control. I mean, it was five, six, seven goals a game in that nine game win streak. I was like, holy cow, this is, this is something special. They're going to do something this year. Yeah. You see in the peak is so important because that's what wins. I mean, it's consistency as well. But when you see the peak and say like, okay, that team can reach a level that is a championship caliber, then the question becomes, can they sustain it for long periods? And of course, the Avs last year sustained it long enough and especially at the right times. The Denver Nuggets, I'm going to catch you up on real quick because I know you guys aren't Nuggets people. The Nuggets um, had been in limbo for the last year and a half ever since Jamal Murray went down, but they've been a a team that was climbing consistently and was ready to make their move, and their second best player and a key part of, of what they were building went down. In basketball, you really can't lose your second player. It's not like football where guys go down all the time and there's so many guys. In basketball, there's very few players that make an impact. Jamal Murray going down, he was one of those guys. So Denver had been rowing in no direction, just kind of waiting for him to come back. This year, he's come back. They're the number one team in the Western Conference. And their peaks, that's why I'm so intrigued by what you said, that it was the nine-game winning streak. Well, the Nuggets have a nine-game winning streak of their own in January. And it was a streak where you saw the peak where you're like, man, three, four, five games in a row, this team looks like the best team of the year. They haven't done it consistently consistently, and they haven't been tested yet in the ways that the abs have been tested in the playoffs repeatedly over in the years leading up to it. And then obviously last year getting tested. And that's why I'm a little bit, I'm just a little bit cautious to say like Denver is ready to take that step, but there are a lot of indications that, they their peaks are there it's just can you can you live up to that ideal can you be the team that that matches those peaks we got yaya super producer yaya on the ones and twos also hooked up to headset you followed the entire abs run last year you've been following the abs here how do you compare the abs and nuggets the abs last year nuggets this year uh they're the exact same team really from bottom to top they're the team of destiny this year Oh, After wow. the team of destiny last year, I'm not phased at all by the, all the traits that are going wow. around the NBA. Um, I just think that Nuggets have something that the Avs had last year, okay. which is determination. All right, which agree, is something to find really, really hard in sports right now. Yeah, and they wanted more than anybody in the league, and that's what the Avs had last year. Because when Nathan McKinnon went out last year for ten games, then Avs went nine and one or something like that, something insane nine, eight, one and one. They lost key players throughout the run here and there, not for like 10 to 5 games, 3, and they still figured out a way. And it feels like it's this is what's happening with the Nuggets team right now. It's a team effort. It's not just, oh, let's give it to Jokic all the time and let him cook, even though he's having an MVP season. Right. They're also just, they know how to play with each other, which is what the Avs had last year. They have familiar, they're familiar with each other. They're going to win the championship just for that one reason. Chemistry is the biggest reason for the... I like it. The chemistry part is really interesting because Denver just made a move that I think um, was with the idea of improving their chemistry. They lost a young fan favorite who might have been a disruptor as talented as he was. At least this is what the team believes. And now they're, you know, maybe a group that is all pulling in the same direction. And I want to start talking about that fan favorite players. And just sometimes you have to lose talent to gain chemistry. 
I want to kind of talk about that concept as well as what lessons we learned from the Avs last year that maybe we didn't realize until you watched an actual championship team go through that process. But first, you guys, this is the best week of the year for sports because the Super Bowl is here and the Super Bowl is the most fun event in sports to gamble on. That's why we're using DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. And right now, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, and this is the real the real key, I gamble for fun. I don't gamble to make money. I like to make just like a game I don't care about. I don't want the Chiefs to lose, so I'm going to bet against the Chiefs just for my heart. But if I have to make the game a little more interesting, I'm going straight to the single game parlays where you can add multiple, combine multiple bets on the Super Bowl alone to uh, get a bigger payout. And that's the most fun. You make some crazy bet that has like 100 to 1 odds and then you put $1 on it. That's how I That's how I roll. Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 57. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. And don't forget that deal. $5. If you're a new customer, you bet just $5 and you get 200 in bets, bonus bets instantly. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I also want to tell you guys about Shady Real quick, Rays. It's Void in Ohio. Void in Ohio. Got to make sure it's mentioned. Void in Ohio. <laughs> What did Ohio do to get voided? Yeah, poor Ohio. Poor Ohio. Well, they don't exist. They're not even a real place. No, Ohio's not a real place. No. Yeah, yeah, coming in very hot. Mm. Also going to tell you guys about Shady Rays. Now, I don't know how this worked out. I ended up getting, I have, I think, four pairs now of Shady Rays glasses. I have four pairs. And actually, I'll tell you how this worked out. You know, Shady Rays, we get a partnership. They sent some out, like test them out where I'm on the show or whatever. I got that deal. But before that happened, I ordered some because I didn't know we were getting this deal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because CHGO had had Shady Rays, and I was looking through the catalog, and I was like, man, these are awesome. This is like a great deal. Um, and so I ended up ordering them. Am I complaining? Absolutely not. <laughs> and number one reason for me with Shady Rays, I with sunglasses in general, I need one in my car that never leaves. Yep. Then I have one at the home that never leaves so i have now like multiple pairs that i'll never lose them if i as long as i know i take these off and put them there when i'm done that's my that's my strategy um but they're really cool shady rays has stuff uh for skiing you want skiing goggles you want something to wear on the beach you want something stylish for every day i go with the aviators that's my style um and uh, you can check all the different things out but here's what i love about them they have the most insane protection in all of eyewear, okay? Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacement policy, which means if you lose or break your sunglasses, no questions asked. They just ship you a new pair for oh free. Gosh. So you order them, and they're like, oh, it broke. Don't You have to explain. You have to come up the story about why it wasn't <laughs> your fault. They're just like, whatever, man. You bought them. We'll send you a brand new pair uh, free. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the year. You go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code DNVR. Or visit them. They have an in-store, uh, uh, a, a store in Park Meadows Mall. And you'll get 50% off when you mention promo code DNVR. 50% off of two or more pairs. Uh, try for yourself. They're rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right, let's get into segment two here. I'll start with you, Megan. Let's list out some of the lessons you feel you learned about winning a championship. Is it cliche? First of all, I'll ask us this. Is it cliche? Sometimes they're like, there's only one team that could win because they learn the lessons. Or is it like, no, there actually is something true about you kind of have to be tested to the limit and you learn something. You unlock something at that last stage before you win. There's a lot of important lessons, and I'm going to peel it back further than just last season because it relates to Bones Highland, Jamal Murray, possible Ooh. tensions that might have existed there. Okay. The Avs rebuild kind of begins like you have an abrupt coaching change. Patrick Waugh is out. Jared Bednar's in for his first ever NHL season, and it's a horrific 48-point season. He wasn't even sure he'd come back that next year. He does. And there's 
something you'll point to in the future there that is a confidence in his system okay. and the buyout that he's going to establish, the culture that's going to be built in Colorado. And the culture change starts with Bednar, and, it, and then it's built over the span of the next several seasons. Mm -hmm. That second season, Matt Duchesne requests a trade. And this is the comparison that I'm drawing is a player who might not have been the best cultural fit right. in the room. And in his case, he, he asks to leave. But this is what was once believed to be the Avs' young core. Ryan O'Reilly is a tough neg negotiator, and he's out shortly after that. Paul Stasny then. And so this is when new faces are ushered in because around this time, like Gabriel Landeskog is a part of this team. And that is where the cultural fit is also shaped around this player. That is why he's so important to this it's team. It's shaped too. around him, around Landeskog. Around Landeskog in a wow. lot of ways because he's a part of the young core that was retained. Nathan okay. McKinnon is also part of that. But you have to really look to trusting captaincy in one of the youngest ever um, to build a core around. And then, you know, it was once believed to be wow. Matt Duchesne. He's out, and Jared Bednar is now navigating his second season on the heels of a 48-point season, and he has to negotiate and figure out how to let this star player exit, but it was necessary for the culture of this team to be what it is today. And I think that's what people point to in last year's team that was so successful. It wasn't built overnight. The team before that that lost to Vegas was a good team. It right. was one of the best I've ever seen. They still had a lot of the key pieces that could have made them a Stanley Cup championship caliber team then, and it was because they had good culture. This was established by Jared Bednar. It was carried out through Gabriel Landeskog, and it's why they saw success last season, but it was unwavering. It wasn't something that happened just last season. It was something that they were consistent in building. It's why there have been new faces that have entered the room, like an Andrew Cogliano or a Matt Nieto, who's now returning to this team. Mm. He came about off waivers in Jared Bednar's first season, he's familiar with this culture. He was there in the buy-in from the very beginning stages of what was being built here in Colorado, that there's a reason that the players that are in that room last year and even this year, there's a reason they're there and it's because they're a cultural fit. And it has everything to do with pulling that rope in the same direction. Right. And it's why it was difficult for that Matt Duchesne trade for fans to accept that at the time, but it was necessary and it brought about the necessary changes for this team to be championship caliber. What do you remember about the Duchesne trade? And like, <laughs> are you seeing a lot? I mean, what, a lot of pushback from the fans. Is this how you remember it as well? No, I think I can't remember. I don't know if it was with inside work or or the fan base that it was just kind of like we are ready for him. Okay. to go. Gotcha. And I can't remember what rink is it in where the door you you can't just get off the bench like. You have to go skate across the ice to get off okay. the ice. So the trade happens in the game. And so you see him go across the ice. And That's it's so like, wild. Yeah, like, where's Duchesne? <laughs> He's not hurt. Like, what's happening? So I think. Wait, during the game, he had to skate out of the arena? <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I, I don't That's remember so what wild. arena it is. I want to say, like, Ottawa or something. I've never been, but. Yeah. Uh, he, he did go to Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Okay. But they were playing and it was just everyone, like the confusion begins. Yeah. And then I think it kind of like takes over the game of, okay, what's happening? This game's no longer relevant. But I think to Megan's point, it is, it's huge to have that culture. I mean, it's culture right. anywhere in your work, in your, you know, everywhere you go. So right. of course it's a part of a team. So I think when he left, that's when that culture started to build. They wanted to win. McKinnon's wanted this for so long. I mean, he is a man on a mission. So I think just like she said, building that chemistry, building that culture, and and it paid off last season, and it's still there now. They're just 
the chemistry is a little all over the place. I okay. think I just attest it back to chemistry at this point. Okay. And it was a UBS arena against the New York Islanders. Um, UBS oh, arena. I, I didn't have Islanders on my guess. I was like, maybe Columbus. I don't uh, know why. I he Columbus played. In mind. If you can tell me uh, over under, how much did he play? Two minutes. On that game before yeah, he was traded? In that game. I'll guess under just I because under. two is such a low number, I'm guessing. <laughs> under? Yeah. I guess over. <laughs> it's under 159. He okay. didn't even play the full two minutes. Man, that's a really early exit from a game. Here's where I think Bones and DeShane are different. DeShane is a star. Bones is a young up-and-coming player. And I think Denver has, over the course of the way you're talking about with the slow build, Denver has established a culture. It's... If I don't think you can have 90% of the guys in the same thing. Like, Duchesne would represent a big portion of this. Maybe it's 30%, you know, 40%. Like, he's a big enough piece that if he's not pulling in the same direction, it's super disruptive. What's interesting about Bones is he was a bit player. He was a bench guy. he come off the bench and played a role. And yet, according, again, to the team's perspective on, uh, on all of this, it, it still was enough that the team just felt like, hey, there's a little bit out. And... That's why I wonder if the real lesson for at least on the NBA side is you can't be even 99% in. Duchesne represents such a bigger one. Bones is like, right. even if it was just one guy in one role pulling in the wrong direction, it can have all this ripple effect. And I, I kind of think, again, at least the team's perspective, time will tell whether they were right about this or whether they overreacted to a thing or this time will tell. But from their perspective, it was, hey, as good as this guy is, and as much as he's a small piece, it's still enough to disrupt the locker room, and, and we're going to go a different direction. Um, another lesson I'm curious about as I'm looking at the Nuggets, in the NBA, they just there was a big trade. Kevin Durant, one of the best players in the NBA, just came and joined a Phoenix Sun team that I think Denver was better than, and now you add Kevin Durant there, and it's like, I don't know. We'll see. They're, they're yep. favored on DraftKings Sportsbook. But here's the thing as I'm sitting here thinking about how did the Nuggets make it. And I was like, man, wouldn't it be nice if they played this team because they're bad, and then in the playoffs they get this team? There's no easy route. I think this is the one of the important lessons is there is no luck up and get there. If you're going to win a Stanley Cup or whatever, you're going to have to sort of slay the dragon, and that was Tampa Bay, I think, last year in a lot of ways. Um, do you agree or disagree when you saw the route that the, the Avs had to take that it's better to have an easy route or no, you have to... Iron sharpens iron, and you're going to have to get there the hard way. Because <laughs> they had a little bit of both. I mean, they had a little bit of it. They didn't have to go through um, Vegas, right? No, Vegas, yeah, they didn't even give themselves a chance. Vegas, really? I'm sorry. I'm thinking back to how they did Logan Thompson so dirty at the end <laughs> of the regular season. But no, they didn't have to go through Vegas. They sweep the first several rounds, but... Well, and then St. Louis happens, which is an interesting right. conversation. It was an interesting piece. I, I don't know that it was, it's like the perspective is, I don't know, what's that easy? Like their goaltender experiences this crazy injury and they're relying on a backup who right. ends up right. sweeping the Western Conference final, which was right. like no small feat. And Edmonton gave them problems in ways. St. Louis definitely gave them problems in ways, but... St. Louis felt important to me because Vegas, in my opinion, I'm not a hockey guy, but I'm watching all these games. Vegas, like, bullied them. I thought Vegas was just tougher than them the year prior. They, they were. And, and I think St. Louis, even though it wasn't Vegas, I would have loved to have seen them had to go there and beat Vegas. But St. Louis represented an attempt to bully them, I thought, and not just the crowd and everything else. And it was, was it 2-2? 
at one point, and then Colorado finished off the last two games. For Vegas? No, 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 for St. Louis. For St. Louis. It was 2-2, right? I, I don't remember the order. I don't remember either. Like, Kadri hat-trick game yeah. was game... That was a punch to a bully, though, is my point, is that the Kadri hat-trick hat game yes. felt like... This team is trying to do what Vegas did, which is bully, intimidate, whatever. And the Avs led by Kadri a lot in that series because I think it was two games. It was the hat trick game and also the game winner. I believe he had both of those in that same series where it was like a punching the bully back. And like, hey, we're not the team that lost to the bully last year. I think they did need to experience some of the difficult loss with St. Louis to have a redemptive game like the hat trick right. game. And honestly, the emotions on ice because of what's unfolding between these two teams contributes to that too. Um, and so that I would say that there were emotions absolutely present from the jump with the Tampa Bay series, two heavyweights going at it. Um, but yeah, I don't know that there's ever really an easy path. Like this on paper was maybe of the easier path to a Stanley Cup. It's probably probably up there in the in terms of just the sheer number of wins it took them to get there. But I think it like Kadri also gets injured and yeah. they lose Sam Gerrard and Darcy Kemper right. also became questionable for significant parts of that. I definitely think they experienced adversity of their own, even though they were able to pull out wins. I think it just made the wins more impressive. So hat trick game, they're correcting us, made it three one. So I'm misremembering that, but nonetheless. That game to prevent it from being two two is still a pivot, a swing game. Right, that was still, and it was. Uh, I mean, again, to me, that game felt like a beating up the bully of like we're not doing this this time. Um, Alyssa, we're talking about Bones Highland, and you know, Bones was a fan favorite who represented a lot of promise. Another lesson I'm wondering, I'm just curious about, is when you get to the final step, do you sometimes have to lose the fun thing? The, the like fan favorite, the fun, the 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 sense of like uh, oh this will last forever for the thing that doesn't feel as right, doesn't feel as good, but it's like hey the last piece isn't always fun. Do you get a sense that this has happened with the Avs? Uh, I wonder if there's a facsimile to it, and maybe it's not a player. Maybe it's just a I don't know. I think kind of. I I think when Kadri faced all that adversity at the end of the playoffs last year. And Denver just surrounded him and was, right. it was, it was such a community. So I think for us, I don't, I mean, he was probably a fan favorite during that blue series or the whole time, but during that blue series, when all that happened, it, it took it to a different level though. Exactly. And he, and, and it does sports play, you know, a huge role. They tug on your heartstrings. So I think for him, losing him was tough. I mean, he was your anchor second line center. Um, and I think that's where the abs are struggling now, too, which we'll see what they do at the trade deadline. But, I mean, we just don't have that second line anchor right now. And so I think kind of, I mean, we couldn't afford him, so we had to give him up. But did that imbalance the chemistry? Was that a, he was a fan favorite? And so with Bones, I mean, same thing. Yeah. Did we lose a little chemistry? Are we going to gain more? It's... I don't know. I don't. I I don't envy the scouts. I mean, they know eat, eat, breathe, sleep this. But to give away the fun piece or the 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 one that right. tugs at your heartstrings, right. the the fan favorite is can't be an easy decision. I think Tyson Jost. I feel it's it really like, yeah. Very yeah good Tyson Jost was right up there with that fan favorite guy that everybody loved. You just didn't. You wanted to do it with him, and like, sometimes you have to let you know you lose that. But it's like, hey, it's for the better. The broader good. Yep. I think in basketball, basketball is a sport that is the most, I feel, long-term narrative, meaning 
if you follow basketball year by year, you might as well follow the Lakers or, or Knicks or like one of the teams that always changes. But most teams, it's like, hey, there's a process. And the most fun process is the first step because there's no expectation. So you can't be hurt. Right. And every young player, are they good now? No, but they have upside. And so the stakes are just feel so low. And I think a player like Bones Highland, I think one of the things the Nuggets fan base is going through is the people that have really lashed, lashed onto the Nuggets over the last seven years have never been in this point. They've only been in the rebuild climb point. Right. And so all they've known is you don't lose young players. They could turn into anything. But they don't know the, nope, now you're in the title window part, and that young player thing is actually not that relevant. You just have to win and as if there's no tomorrow. And I think Denver's there. And Bones Highland might represent a regret down the line, but I think it's more likely that he represents a, hey, sacrifices are made and every move when you're at this page is painful. No move is like, oh, that felt great. It's like, nope, you had to give up something really valuable to get something slightly more valuable that you don't see right away. Um, with the Avs, the trade deadline coming up. I know you guys did a bunch of trade deadline special stuff. Megan, just walk us through really quickly what um, what we need to know about the Avs heading into it. Uh, in like really short, <laughs> yeah, distill it all down into something like this. Avs are in an interesting position, kind of looking at like Bones Highland again. They make a small move to fulfill a little bit more within their depth. And the reason I bring up Bones is because their depth options leading up to this trade had been a couple of AHL hopefuls trying to make the NHL full time. And there's one in particular that was a piece in this trade that brings in Matt Nieto, who becomes a plug-and-play player in their bottom six. And it's a player who has a high-skill upside, but the effort was a concern. People were concerned that even with the high-skill upside, is he giving 100%? And I see people, I don't just mean the fan base, I mean this is something that was a concern among coaches. And so this is a player that now is in a different organization and has brought about Matt Nieto. I think it's interesting because... People wanted this player because he did have first-round pedigree when he was drafted to become something for Colorado, and they were hoping that he would finally make the NHL full-time this year because he's had several attempts, and it just didn't pan out. And the unofficial reason is that there might have been a player that who just wasn't giving 100%. It doesn't mean he was giving 50. Mm. It just meant that the cultural fit wasn't quite there in the eyes of coaches, and so this brought about a trade that has fulfilled just a small piece of depth within the forward group. So still hole it to see, like Lissa mentions, which is important, but unsure if they're going to fill it, truthfully, because the market for second line centermen that's out there is interesting. There are a lot of expensive options that would mean giving up big assets. And the Avs have little physical assets in terms of like prospects. And I just don't think they're looking to move on from a player like Alex Newhook. Just is one that springs to mind. So you're looking at prospects. I guess there's always a chance that there could be some kind of uh, marquee trade with a different player like a Sam Gerrard. I'm just not seeing it because of the fact that they might actually be looking for a seventh defenseman, a depth defenseman. Does a marquee move happen to a defending champion very often? It, not really, because you don't expect those holes to be that big. The right. 2C gamble was an interesting one because they hoped Alex Newhook would rise to that occasion. He is having a much better uh, couple of games now later in the season, but Evan Rodriguez was an off-season pickup, a late off-season pickup, too, that they expected to be this flexible depth player that has played above expectation and has been someone that can play in the top six. That gives Miko Rantanen the option to then also take shifts at 
center for that second line, like take faceoffs more or less okay. um, as needed. So it begs the question, do they need a 2C? Now you look at last night's game against Tampa and you probably want to say yes immediately <laughs> that yes, they do. This is a need that, right. that it just needs to be fulfilled. Well, but it, it's just looking around at what else is out there because some of the names that have been brought to mind, one specifically is Jonathan Taves. People think that he would be such a great fit at second line center. Um, and he, he's been out the last couple of games with, I want to say it's like non-COVID related illness. So not something that should prevent him from okay. being moved by any means. But it, it's still hard to say um, it's going to come down to whether or not Taves would be agreeable to come to Colorado and whether or not the Avs could offer something that they're willing to part with that Chicago would agree to. Like there's just a lot of moving parts that still come into play there that it's hard to say if Taves would be a fit in Colorado. I think that was the most of the options that are out there, realistic fit. Um, and, and then there's a couple of sleeper guys, but they're a little prospect poor is the okay. bottom line. Um, unless they're willing to part with picks. But future building is important. The Avs right. have in the past given up future picks to make this Stanley Cup team possible. Um, and that is why they're prospect poor right now. Got so you. it it's kind of, they're in kind of a limited position. Um, and I, I don't know. I have a lot of faith in this front office, though. The moves that they made last deadline were incredibly efficient because they did part with some prospects to bring about Josh Manson and Arturi Lekanen, and it worked. The players that they scouted for that ended up being amazing acquisitions in Lekanen and Manson. And the players that they gave up to make this possible were players that are not NHL-ready. They're still working in the American League. So I have a lot of trust in this front office, and I think the fan base has reason to also give a lot of trust to the front office to if a second line center move is necessary, I think they're going to be able to pull it off. I'm just not good at predicting what that looks like. Right, right. Are you feeling confident, though? And I'll start with, uh, with you, Alyssa. Are you feeling um, confident that this final 32 games we're going to see the championship team return? Absolutely. I think, like I said, I was watching your guys' postgame last night and some of the comments going off of, oh, my gosh, are we even going to make it to the playoffs? I love it, though. Can I say something? <laughs> I love it. Like... I think you should feel emotion in sports. Oh, <laughs> and absolutely. so like riding the highs and lows is fine. I do think you can go too far. But I love the feeling of dread that sinks in when you lose. <laughs> I <laughs> love the feeling of dread. <laughs> it's like, why do people uh, base jump oh. or skydive and stuff? It's because you feel that like, oh, my God, I'm alive. And I think that's, that's what it. sports do. You're like, oh, my God, we lost 5-0 to you know, uh, a two-time Stanley Cup champ and this or that. I love that it brings you down here because then when you win, it brings you back up here. Absolutely. I think the same. I mean, that's why we watch sports. We love it. But I think hitting the panic button, maybe let's yeah. ride the roller coaster. Yeah. But don't hit the panic button. Okay. I looked at the upcoming schedule. You're four and four, four at home, four away. Okay. You face Tampa Bay back at home on Valentine's Day. Yeah. So I think that that should be a redeem. I mean, they should win in Florida, but I think that should be a real redeeming game to come home win against Tampa at home and then that kicks off the rest of the month right because you do you do need to start stacking together some wins I absolutely but ride the roller coaster for now <laughs> <laughs> don't hit the panic button but ride the roller coaster of course ride the roller coaster and then Landeskog do we know like is there a timetable or is it still so estimated the the estimate like he is going to be back in Colorado if he isn't already before the end of February. Okay. And so he'll be back on the ice somewhere within there too, whether that's a week before February ends, two weeks before February ends, it's it's going to be around that time. 
The only question is how long does he need once he's back on the ice to get back in games? That's where there's uncertainty. Uh, right. That's why people are targeting the very middle of March. Okay. Um, because it's not expected to take. He's expected to play before the regular season ends. Is That's that another is a, is a month note. though? Is a month enough time? So I've been led to believe that he's been on the ice or like rehabilitating okay. away from the team. So I don't think this is the first taste of ice that he's had all season. And okay. I, I do think that it, it'll be interesting to see. I guess. Yeah. yeah, here you can hop on here because you predicted the anybody that predicts the Nuggets are going to win it is is definitely a homer. Are the Abs also going to win it? So this is funny because I actually parlayed. Both of them to win the championship before either season started. I've started losing, so you know what I did? I doubled down and parlayed them again and got even better odds. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. I wish I had one one hundredth the confidence of of you here. Doubling down and losing it's streaks, kind of just beautiful feeling it. How it much is. she believes in all the, of them. The thing it. is that it's sports. Have fun. You're here to have That's fun. So true. And like, if you can't be even happy or optimistic, what's the point of this? Don't be miserable all the time. Have I'll, fun with you it. You know what? You talked me into it. I'm with you. Let's go back. Double. Parades happening in Denver in June. I can't imagine? wait for it. I can't. Although I will say, no. <laughs> the, St- the Stanley Cup ends though ahead of the of the NBA Finals, and I'm a little bummed by that because I do always wonder if a city would be like burned out from a parade. Right. <laughs> if you're like, well, I took work off last Thursday. I can't do it again. Yeah, I can't. I can't call out from work. <laughs> it's so <sick> funny. Again. <laughs> See, you These are the things I worry about. Like, are we going to be too tired of winning? Here's what I'm saying. I'm too optimistic. Adam's already planning the parade, and like how tired. I'm already he's worried be about both. taking work off. To be able to be at two parades. Um, guys, we have a really cool thing going on right now with Breckenridge Brewery. They are giving away. This is one of the coolest things that I think we've ever done with a partner. Um, ultimate game day experience. And we have two of them. We have two of them. For the NBA, if you're an NBA fan and you want an ultimate game day experience, on March 30th, the Denver Nuggets are hosting the New Orleans Pelicans. What are we doing uh, uh, as partners right now with Breckenridge Brewery? We're giving away two courtside tickets. Have you guys ever watched an NBA game from courtside? No. No. That's one of my dreams. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it because all of the guys are taller than me, faster than anyone you've ever seen, stronger than anyone you've ever seen, and jump about this high in the air. And when you watch on TV, you're like, okay, these guys look like awesome athletes. When you watch them in person, you're like, they look like machines. I don't, this is like, I can't even imagine being that big, strong, and fast. But we're giving away two courtside tickets, tickets to the Lexus, Lexus Club, something even I have never been to. I have a credential. I can go anywhere inside Ball Arena except for the Lexus Club. <laughs> it's, that's how exclusive it is. You get a parking pass and DNVR gear, and the best part is completely free to enter. This is just for the people watching this show, the people that are following DNVR. All you have to do is go to the link in the description of the show, either on YouTube or in your podcast app, thednvr.com backslash Breck Sweeps, uh, and you just enter. You have to be 21 or older to enter. Winners will be selected one week before. And if you're not here for Nuggets, you're here for Avs, well, we have the same deal, the equivalent. On March 9th, the Avs are hosting the LA, Cle- uh, LA Kings, and we're giving two, sec- uh, two tickets to Section 102, Row 5. That's five rows right behind the glass, right there at center ice. Incredible tickets. I actually think it might be better than being on the glass because I sat close to the glass last year for the playoffs with uh, RK and Ali, like first round playoffs. I couldn't tell what the heck was going on. First You're time too I, far. I was, I was like <laughs> so close. <laughs> when they would come our way, it was awesome. You know, they hit the glass or whatever. But when it was on the other side, I was kind of like, I don't know what is happening right now. So five rows up, center ice. That's the absolute best. You also get the Lexus Club um, access, parking pass, and DNVR gear. So check those out. What else do we have today? Oh, my gosh. My favorite restaurant in all of Denver outside of the DNVR bar. Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's is a Colorado-owned company that has these delicious burritos. But best of all, 
honestly, is that they have great drink specials. You can get there, get the, the happy hour, which they do every single day from 3 to 6 p.m. That's seven days a week. And they have uh, really, really good margaritas. So if you're looking for a little, like, sneak away from work, have a margarita with a friend on a Friday, 3 to 6 o'clock, boom, head down to Illegal Pete's. You might even get some chips and queso, some chips and guacamole. And if you are, oh, I love that they have a Valentine's Day uh, read right here because I don't know if my wife would love if I took her to Illegal <laughs> Pete's. But you know what? We're married. We've been there a long time. If this was, you know, maybe like a second date or something, maybe there's a little charm there. Let's go there get some go. beers. We'll go down to Illegal Pete's. They got 12 locations in Colorado to Arizona. And again, that happy hour from three to six, mouthwatering food, and of course, Colorado owned. Yeah, yeah, it's time. Um, I was a fish out of water talking abs. I had to uh, rely on the expertise of these ladies. But now I'm about to school them in something I am an expert on, and that's food, especially <laughs> junk food, um, which is what you eat on Super Bowl. Super Bowl weekend really is... Um, we have a great party going on here at the DNVR bar, by the way. Uh, we'll have a really cool event. So if you're looking for a great bar to come uh, hang out and cheer against the Chiefs, you could cheer for the Chiefs too if you want. But... Well, you can. Eh, no. you can. Man, I will say there was one guy that was a Tampa Bay Lightning fan for some reason who was with an <laughs> abs fan. Like his abs fan brought him last night and he was sitting right next to me. I almost kicked him out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's legal, if I have the power to do that, but I almost kicked him out. Um, you can come here and cheer for forever. It doesn't matter. Um, but if you are at home, it is a great day to make like your specialty. Do you guys have a specialty, like a, a snack food or a party food that you make? Mine's guacamole. I'm a guacamole connoisseur. I can make guacamole 10 different ways. There's this buffalo dip that I haven't done, but my old, old roommate back yeah. in college used to make. And it's buffalo chicken, cream cheese, yeah. cheese. I like, love that dip. It's just so awful, but so delicious. Of course, so awful. <laughs> I <laughs> but, love that dip. When the main ingredient is cream cheese. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The worst is your favorite dips when you see how they're made. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize this was four sticks of butter. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's in the context why I like it. Do you have one? Um, not a singular go-to, but I, I like guacamole, yeah. but I also like pigs in a blanket. Yeah. Ooh, good one. <laughs> My wife always does pigs in a blanket it's as so well. Easy. So we're going to snake draft Super Bowl party foods, Super Bowl party foods. Look at this. Yeah. Yeah. You gave me the number one pick. It's the number one pick in a three snake draft. It's the worst pick. You think it's the worst one? Oh, definitely. I disagree because it allows me to take the single best food, not just for a party, but the single best food there is, and that is, of course, nachos. Oh, nachos. That's literally this, what was on my mind. This is what I'm going to be doing for it. my nachos. <laughs> melted cheese. I don't do queso for nachos. I like queso, but that's for dipping. If you're going to make a nachos, it's melted, shredded what melted cheese. What a bad take. No, this is no, a great take. Horrible you think take. it's a bad, this is a bad I, take? No, no. I think it's perfect. Melted cheese on Thank nachos. You. Yeah, here, mute your mic for a second, will you? Like, just, I, I am muted most of the time, but I have to speak <laughs> out when you're bad at things. <laughs> you put a little guacamole, you put sour cream on there. I like tomatoes. I like uh, a little, uh, I don't like the jalapeno, but I like an Anaheim pepper, like just a, a sliced Anaheim pepper. Perfect nachos. I like jalapeno, hot sauce. I do like jalapeno. Yep. Yes. Oh, spicy. Man. I'm a spicy. All right. Nachos are off the board, so you guys are going to lose. But playing for second place, what do we have here? We have got Megan. So 
You said you took food, but like, are we also taking drinks? Sure, why not? Nice. No, I, I, got I, think so. I got confused. I had beer on my list, so yeah, you could take. You, you could get, get super okay. bold on I'm super like, bold. Hers is gonna so. be just alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna get Dude, really drunk. <laughs> and the last one just like jive hype. There we go. <laughs> <Jive hype. laughs> She's like joints. <laughs> Look, I just need to know the rules. <laughs> yeah, I like it. You could take so a drink. So I can break them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, okay, and then is it specifically like sides or Megan? Just whatever you like I'm on Super so Bowl. You can pick, I, Megan, whatever you like on Super Bowl day, she, you she, eat. I love if she's gonna take you yeah, like filet mignon. I'm like, well, hold on, this is a fancy party. I'm here for it. I are you actually gonna keep it a lot simpler? Okay. Um, also, make it easy to spell. Like, don't put your <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, man. I gonna do the potato chips. Spe- Wait, not, potato hold chips? Hold on, but you don't specifically have to put this in there, but with the French onion dip. Oh, no, that's good. I think we would good. call that French onion dip because, yeah, you eat it with, with the chips. So French onion dip is a good one. I actually love this. The reason I like this one is I never eat it except for this. No, me neither. That's same, why I like same. it. Yeah. It's a very Super Bowl-only uh, meal. I'm, I'm with it. Um, all right, Alyssa, you get back-to-back picks here. Man, okay, I'm gonna have to go to sliders. Any kind of slider. Okay. Any yeah. beef, chicken, chicken sliders. sliders. Ooh. Oh, wait, wait a second. I don't know if I can go here. <laughs> sliders or burgers? If you get to take pizza sliders also, that's too much. Okay, burgers. Burger sliders. I'll take it. I'll and I'll give you chicken burger too if you want that one. Okay. But okay. okay. Do you make these? Uh I feel like I've made them once. Okay. There, I actually did a really good ham and Swiss one. one really? Time too, with like nice. a honey mustard butter. Pinterest is yeah. forever scrolling. scrolling. Uh, so that's pretty good. But yeah, right. I, there, nothing beats a good like slider. All right. I like it. Sliders are a good one. You get uh, another pick here. Second one. Oh, man. Uh, probably wings. Yeah. That's really like wings. That's very, very I good. think wings was probably the favorite in most drafts. That's I think. what I was about to say. The fact that nobody took it to the yeah. second round, you guys are a horrible Super Bowl that's the, That's the Jokic of second round uh, food picks, man. That's a great pick. What kind of wings? <laughs> Is there a f- dry rub, hot, uh, I like barbecue. the traditional spicy buffalo. Yeah, me too. Yep, yep. And and ranch or blue cheese? Ranch. All right. All right, Megan. I'm not you gonna, can redeem yourself. I'm Just not going to pretend like I've ever had this. For yes, Super Bowl. Love, lying is the best. <laughs> I love lying. Pandering. Poutine. I you feel know, like that you've would be never s- had it? Not at Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Like, it's a delicious food that I've had in I other like occasions, it. but never for the Super Bowl. So I won't pretend like. What's sneaky about this is they're kind of like nachos, but with French fries. fries? So you kind of get the French fry nacho combo. I wanted fries, and I was like, no, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Poutine. Yeah, go for that one. Good luck here, Yaya. You got it? <laughs> Nailed it. I'm not going to lie. I had to Google it really quick. <laughs> I'm sure you had to Google it. Poutine, but the dictator instead of the actual. Am I going to play it safe or I'm going to get a little bit wild? I think I'm going to get a little bit wild. <laughs> I'm going to go mozzarella sticks, which is safe. I'm going to play it here. Ooh. Mozzarella sticks are great. I, another food that I only eat at the, this type of occasion. That's never a, that's like a meal for a kids. When I was a kid, maybe I'd make mozzarella sticks a lot, but now it's just at a party. Love them. Delicious. But where I go a little bit weird, I love a charcuterie board. Yes. Oh, I like charcuterie boards. Fancy. I love it. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, yeah, on this one. You're, you're going to have the hard time where you try to Google it and you spelled it so poorly, even Google doesn't know what you want. Charcuterie board. My wife has a book 
and it's this big. It's this thick. And it's charcuterie board ideas. Oh, I love, <laughs> oh, I love charcuterie. That. <laughs> it's like all these different wild ones. So yes. charcuterie board, big, big fan. You get a little brie in there. I'm all for it. All right. Let's round it out. What do we have, Megan? Mimosa. Oh, right. <laughs> there you go. A mimosa is a good one. Although the Super Bowl is like at four o'clock. Is there a time limit on a mimosa? And if you like only ate no. all of my options, they're very weird together. French a mimosa <laughs> with French true. onion dip on the side and poutine. That's so funny. Hey, it's a cheat day of all cheat days. <laughs> eat whatever. Anything goes. Um... All right, what do you got to round out the board here? Man, I feel like I'm going to have to go with an alcoholic choice. I Beer. Just beer? Yeah. You got beer and wings. You're going to dominate this draft. I think you're very definitive. We are going to lose so bad on this. Beer and wings. You are definitely Uh, taking this. People will question. Adam started off decently, and then he just went into like, yeah, I got money. Let me see what I can sprinkle in there. Hey, I like a charcuterie board. I'm always honest in these. I always lose, but I always give my honest answers. I use this a lot in all my references because I am from a different culture. But uh, Alyssa got the Bruce Springsteen of of draft. <laughs> Full <What>? American. <laughs> okay. Full right. I like it. <laughs> Give us a rock comp then for the other ones. Can you do it? Uh, see, <laughs> for Megan. There's like French onion dip is like really low. See, this and, one. And mimosas are really classy. So you get like a weird spread. Megan, I can compare her to a movie, which is the uh, the Marvel Universe, where you got everything together at once. Okay. <laughs> That's what Megan is. Oh, no. Here comes an insult. No. <laughs> Yours is like a five-year-old parent, a five-year-old kid <laughs> going to eat dinner with their parents. And it's like, we have bought all these things. You can have the nachos. Just try our stuff, too. Try it. All righty. You know what? That wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. In the comments, what do we have? Only one person vote. They said Alyssa. Um, all righty. I guess that means she wins with a one-all vote. We'll throw this on Twitter. Ladies, you were a fantastic panel. This was a great conversation. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Good to jump on here, be on the other side. (laughs) Everybody else, thanks so much for hanging out with us on a Friday watching TDSP. Hit that like button for us on the way out. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast version of this as well so you never miss an episode. Have a great weekend, everybody.